You are listening to Zen and the Art of Triathlon. Well, hey there, all you triathlon studs and stud ads. Welcome to another great episode of Zen and the Art of Triathlon, the podcast where we try to simplify the world's most complicated sport and all endurance sports so that you can actually have a good time out there without your head spinning around and around with all the information that's coming at you and trying to distract you from your goals. All right, let's go ahead and get started with the show with a whole bunch of news and also what I'm going to talk about during this episode. We have Try Dubai, Zwift, which is a video game for biking, which is pretty awesome, Stride, the Sunto Ambit, a little news on them, and training peaks and moves count. And then also towards the end of the show, we do the training log where I take you with me out training and give you all kinds of tips. I think at one point during the training log, I have a kind of a low episode and I'm just laying down going, oh, this is all so much. And then right after that, I'm like, this is great. <laughs> so you can enjoy that. And then at the very end, Kai and Emily, my 10-year-old son and my beautiful wife go run the Armadillo Dash and Kai does the 5K and runs 23 minutes, 23 and a half minutes in the 5K for second place in his age group and like really low placing overall, like 13th or 16th or something like that. And then Emily runs the half marathon and we have interviews with both of them um, about everything. So lots of other people on the show. It'd be really, really cool. All right, but let's go ahead and get started with the biggest news, which is Try Dubai. Holy cow, what a race. So this was in Dubai City and in the Mideast, Middle East, and it's a challenge race. The challenge Dubai prize purse is evenly split, notice that, between men and women. <laughs> I love how they put that right in the front. And uh, because of Iron Man and all their... their their female pro debacle, um, needing more pro, female pros to go to Kona. That's another episode. And uh, with each winner taking home, the winner, both male and female, takes home $65,000. The remaining breakdown is as follows. Second place, $35,000. Third place, $20,000. Fourth place, $9,000. Fifth place, $6,000. Sixth place, $5,000. Okay, that threw me there for a second. Seventh place is four thousand. Eighth place three thousand. Ninth two thousand. Tenth one thousand dollars. That's a really big prize purse. And also, if you win this race, then if you win the other two races, so there's three in a row. Um, if you win the other two races later this year, uh, Challenge Oman and Challenge Bahrain then you win a million dollars. Now, the chances of that happening are so small that I think Challenge is willing to uh, risk it and put that out there. And let's see, the uh, men's results. This race, this race had a little bit of controversy too, which we'll talk about. But in a way, you know, a little bit of controversy is kind of good. It gets people talking about it. And uh, men's results final. Uh, there was a four-minute penalty for going off course for some of these guys, and I don't have the list. And oh my god, just go to Slow Twitch or something and Google this and, and oh, the arguing and everything over it. But uh, in the end, um, what happened was uh, 
a few people, I think it was four people went off course or so, and they figured out, they only went off course for a little bit, and they cut the course um, by accident, and so the race director, in my opinion, was pretty cool about it and said, okay, well, let's figure out how much time that you saved uh, by cutting the course by accident, and uh, we'll add that time back onto your time, and I think just a little bit extra uh, for wear and tear um, where you'd be more tired if you actually did that time and then throw you back into the mix and set, this is instead of disqualifying them. And then, um, cause again, it was only three to four minutes and they, uh, threw them back in the mix and then juggled around the results and then came up with the top 10. And, um, in my opinion, I'm cool with that. Um, we have, uh, Terenzo Bazone who I've actually raced with one time, but he doesn't know I was there. <laughs> I was just there at Kima, uh, three hours and 45 minutes. And then Tim Reed, 346, Michael Rayler, 346, Bart Aronauts, 347, Martin Jensen, 347, and, and on down. Real tight uh, finish all the way down to Neko Llanos, and Llanos uh, Domenico Pasuelo. Domenico Pasuelo. There we go. That's probably how you say it. Uh, Trevor Wortley. Wortle. Wortley. And Manuel Kung, um, which is a... He's from Switzerland, I think. And that's a really interesting last name. It's spelled K-U-N-G. And um, so... But with two... An umlaut over the U. Kung. And um, and then his first name, Manuel, sounds Spanish. <laughs> the last name sounds... I don't know, is that Chinese? With the um and but then with umlauts over Andy's from Switzerland. So what's going on there? I have no clue. That is a wild assemblage of um nationalities going on there. And then uh Joe Gambles from Australia. Uh three tenth place was three hours and fifty minutes. And let me close this door here. So the the Zentri Studios uh alert system, which you probably just heard the dog barking, kind of keeps to himself. And I have a sip of coffee. Hmm. So, um, Maka, uh, Chris McCormick, uh, did some commentary. I was watching it. Um, there was a female pro, I forgot her name off the top of my head, um, who was injured, I think, um, and couldn't race. So she did a little bit of the intro commentary for a while. And then after the swim and people started getting on the bike, Maka came in and did commentary and he's awesome. So this whole thing is on YouTube. If you want to go look and also challenges website, you can go watch it. Um, there's been some stuff written afterwards about the 20 meters drafting rule, 20 meters, and the people love it, love it, love it, love it, and I really love it too. I don't like drafting in triathlon, and um, one thing, as you get older, you start really wanting to not wreck, because if you wreck, you can be um, taken out of commission for a long time and maybe forever, and your bikes are getting more and more expensive, and I don't want to wreck, and I don't want people drafting and clustering all around me because group riding um, in a tight pack can lead to that kind of thing. And then also you got people, um, you know, drafting off of you on the, on the bike is really annoying because they aren't working as hard as you did uh, to train for this thing. And it's not really a test anymore, a personal test. It's how well can you draft, which I don't think is really all that fair. Anyway, um, so people love the 20 meters drafting. Uh, then we move on to the women's race, which... Um, Oh man, they they had awesome play calling going on on Twitter by Witsup.2. 
wit.com. So on Twitter, it's wit.com. And wit is women in triathlon. W-I-T-S-U-P-C-O-M. W-I-T-S-U-P-C-O-M. And if you're a fan of women's racing, you want to follow them on Twitter. They are amazing what they do. It's really, really good. And um, let's see, just like the men, two loops on the swim. Um, Lauren Brandon was an American who had a huge lead on the swim, one minute and 12 seconds ahead of Jody Swallow, which is amazing because Jody is a freaking killer swimmer. And so they said that there were some sighting issues, the, the, um, which led some people uh, off course on the swim a little bit and, or, you know, like swam a different line than the most ideal. And it looks like Lauren found the uh, best line. And um, the two loops on the swim was a reduction from one big loop uh, to kind of keep people in closer to shore or, or keep them out of a current or something because it got really windy that day and the uh, ocean was a bit crazy. And a lot of people like that if you're a good swimmer. And then uh, Daniela Reef was fourth out of the swim. And what I find really interesting about this and want to to pass on to everybody is you don't have to win the swim to win the race. Don't worry so much about the swim. It's uh, the person that won this race, Daniela Reef, uh, was only fourth out of the water. And then she ended up uh, winning the whole thing. So you, you can move in, in positions and slots and stuff and don't worry about it so much. Just pace yourself through the swim. And she was wearing these crazy shoes called Hansino, if you want to Google them. Check it out. H A N S E E N O. Hansino shoes. They're super, super light because they're like ballet slippers. And I think they're pretty much all carbon fiber. But uh, you probably won't ever get any because they're $2,000 for a pair of shoes. All right. Well, how about that? But uh, I could see how they could totally work. And uh, she's a pro. And maybe someday they'll have some that will uh, be more affordable for everybody. All right. Uh, again, 20-meter uh, drafting zone on the bike. Everybody said they loved it. Um, Jody Swallow made a comment after the race. And I think she got fourth. She said that she put out the same watts on the bike as when she won the 70.3 Worlds that she won a couple years ago. Yeah, I don't remember when she won it. But um, but could only get fourth, uh, even though she put out that much power. And um, it made me think, well, you've got a race. Is is this race more prestigious with the with – the, uh, or does, do people race harder and are more competitive with the, uh, the bigger prize money, even though – it's not a, a world quote unquote championship because of the prize money. People were going harder, and uh, the competition was was harder. And um, so, even though she did what would have won seventy point three worlds, Ironman seventy point three worlds, it wasn't enough to win this. And that's that shows you the psychology of sports and competition and what's going on out there and how people can raise their game if uh, motivated. I was swimming today. And somebody started swimming next to me. This woman started swimming next to me, and she started racing me while I was doing intervals. And of course, I stepped it up more, you know, to try to beat her. And it's because of the competition in the lane right next to me. All right, back to the race. Uh, Reef's bag in T. It says here T two. I thought maybe it was T one. It was T one or T two. No, I think it was T two. Uh, Daniela Reef, um, her transition bag was misplaced, and she had to go find it and still won the race. 
Uh, Heather Wortel uh, got second, which is cool to see. Um, as we've learned on the Starkey podcast, she and her husband, um, who got what place did he get? Trevor. Uh, they're both from Canada, but they've been—they're no longer homeless, living in an RV all around the countryside, uh, getting water out of streams and and uh, uh, shaking sand out of their underpants. They are now living in a house somewhere. I have no idea where. That or their RV has flat tires and they've just parked it somewhere and they're living in that. But that's cool to see that they've actually got some. Uh, I actually think that them traveling around around the country was and training wherever they wanted to was actually really cool. I guess they got tired of it or something. Okay, and then um, Hella Fredrickson, who was the pretty much the race favorite because she dominated Bahrain so well, um, she got third. So that is really interesting. And then um, Jody Swallow got fourth, and that's all I have for the results for that. But um, Hella might have been a victim of all the. What happens is if you win a really big race, you start getting involved in all of these press releases. I mean, I even I interviewed her uh, after the race, um, and it starts eating up your training time, and you don't train exactly the same. And this happens to people that win Kona a lot, and it's very difficult to repeat a performance because you get um, too into um, talking to the media and doing. Um, I guess, what do you call them, like press junkets, like where you're showing up at stuff uh, because you're now you're super famous. So anyway, that was the uh, race. And yeah, there's some controversy over the um, the drafting, whether people should have been thrown out entirely, not drafting, um, cutting the course. Um, I say it's by accident and it's up to the race director at that point to come up with the most fair thing. So let's say that, let's say um, at... When I put on my Ultraman type race that I'm going to put on towards the end of the year, um, let's say somebody uh, is goes off course uh, by three minutes, and it's because of uh, a sign a course marker um, that I put up um, blew down or or got moved or you know it's something where it's not the racer's fault. They went off course for a little bit, uh, three minutes, um, four minutes. Yeah, three minutes, and then uh, then at the end of the race, they cut off at the end of the day. They miss the cutoff by a couple of minutes, right? Well, should I throw them out of the race? I would say no, because they actually uh, went too far, and if they hadn't have done that, they would have uh, come in under the cutoff. So it's up to the race director, you know, and um, to be as fair as you possibly can. And yeah, okay. I have another comment on that. I'll try to I'll try to gather together my brain and maybe say it in a minute um, while I'm not trying to read all this other stuff. Okay, Zwift. The this is a video game um, that's in beta right now, but it's in a wide release beta. I got an invite finally, and so it's kind of like um, <laughs> I'm trying to think of something uh, Grand Theft Auto or something like that, or you're riding your bike, and then the the visual effects are really good. And um, you use your ant, uh, like say you have a Garmin or whatever, um, speed or power. Uh, 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 like I have a power tap, uh, power meter on the back of my bike. It'll read your computer can pick that up. You have to plug into your USB port an ant uh, uh, antenna, and um, I happen to have one from Sunto. And the um, 
then your computer can pick up the ant signals that are coming from your bike's equipment, and then you can ride through the video game. Now, you can't really, you can't turn left or right. You have to, it, it keeps you on the road, but it speeds you up and slows you down based on how fast you're going and also based on the terrain, which is really cool. Um, the downside of that is if you have a planned workout, the visual effect of the terrain slowing you down um, makes you want to go harder, and th- there's no way it's going to line up with what you need to be doing with your workout. So it's more of a just uh, great for killing time out there. And other riders out there have um, their names over their head and their country flag, and there's a ton of people in there, and it's a lot of fun to be social. I heard there's a Facebook group where you can meet up and uh, go for giant group rides. And again, it's beta and there's tons of stuff coming. Um, I really, really recommend trying this out if you have a trainer and you have um, the gear. And I would even go out of my way to get the ant antenna. Um, Reactions from other people are mixed, but it's all personality based. Everybody says the game is great. It's really, really good. But is being on a trainer for you you know, does it actually work on you to psychologically kind of get you motivated out there? Um, I just recently changed my name to B for Brett uh, and then Zentry to C, and, but I haven't really been out there riding on it with my name changed on the, on the end. But if you go out there Zwifting and you see Brett Blankner, B Blankner, or B.Zentry, I'm going to try to stick with that for a while, then that's me cruising around out there, and I would love it if you uh, sent me a message that, that you saw me or you know that you're talking with me. You can message through the game, too, which is kind of cool. And then the craziest thing is Kai's bike. He's 10 years old, and he has a little specialized uh, bike. with. Um, he's got 700 wheels on it, 700, uh, 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 what do you call it, centimeter? 700 centimeter wheels. And then um, he, and we could put him on a trainer, and I set the resistance down to almost nothing so that he could actually have fun. And he went flying around on that thing. And he's addicted. He absolutely loves the game. He keeps asking me to play it over and over and over again. So um, he's doing like 30, 40, 50 miles an hour. He told me he hit 48 miles an hour on it. And I can only imagine other people in the game going, what the heck is that? Who is that flying through there? And, oh, you can draft off of people. And you, um, what else can you do? You can, uh, there's, there's King of the Mountains, and all kinds of crazy stuff. And actually, there's Strava integration. So if you upload your, your workout from that to Strava, then it puts your results on this island and um, out in the middle of nowhere, you would think. But it turns out it's an actual real island. I looked it up, and it's Jarvis, J-A-R-V-I-S, Jarvis Island. Um, it's almost right on the equator, south of Hawaii. And if you go to Wikipedia and look it up, it's a really interesting island that lots of crazy stuff has happened on. And it's abandoned, a deserted island. There's nobody on it right now. But that's where, um, that's where Stride, Stride uh, Zwift, the name of the game is Zwift, uh, decided that uh, geographically this island could be. Um, so when people load their workouts up to it, that's where it goes. It's kind of neat. And then... Um, Let's see, I was on this and I realized I was using way too much technology for a Zen podcast, man. This is overkill. Um, But it also shows you how much technology you can get so that it's almost, um, how much better technology has gotten so that 
uh, it's not in your way. I was using between my hands. I had a Garmin uh, 510. On my wrist, I had a, 920, a Garmin 920. Um, only both of them were running, but only one was going to end up recording to the uh, internet. And then I had a MacBook Air and a power tap in my bike and a heart rate strap and also uh, my iPhone. And then on my iPhone, through my Bluetooth headphones, I'm listening to Pandora. <laughs> and I'm like, man, this is nuts how much gear um, this sport takes, especially for the biking part. And, um, and I don't know, it's a little bit... I'd love to get all this stuff streamlined down into just one or two things, but I guess I kind of like stuff being broken apart too. But uh, in case one thing breaks, you know, not everything breaks. And let's see, the uh, the game Zwift finds Ant devices super, super fast. I remember when, I'm trying to think, uh, what is it? Uh, Trainer Road first came out and it would pick up your Ant devices. I was impressed with that. Because it was reasonably fast. It was like, hey, here's your stuff. Is this the stuff you want? And Zwift has really just nailed it with, here's your stuff, let's go, like that. And that's really, really nice. And also, the I've only ridden one full workout on it. And what I noticed was is I couldn't believe how fast the time went by. So if you want to get in miles and you want the time to go by fast, really give uh, Zwift... Uh, some some consideration and check it out okay other news let's see stride is on kickstarter and stride is an interview i did uh it's a running power meter and i interviewed them a couple months ago and let's see where they are in kickstarter and nope got i got their webpage up but i don't have the kickstarter part up Uh, gary was telling me that they've blown through their raising their um, fundraising goals, and it's definitely coming. He ordered one. <laughs> All right, they were aiming for fifty thousand dollars, and uh, they've already hit seventy-two thousand dollars. So seventy-two eight. So it looks like, and with thirty-nine days to go. <laughs> so it looks like this thing's actually going to be real. People really want it, and it's a power meter, which is really um, the size of a few coins. And uh, you clip it to the back of your running shorts, from what I understand. And then it gives you watts, which is uh, really, really cool. Because now you know how much work you're doing. And um, I'm proud to be actually, a quote from me is on their uh, Kickstarter website. The quote isn't all that, I don't sound all that intelligent. Uh, Stride looks real. And if this actually is real, then it could be a big game changer for everybody. Zen Triathlon. That's me. And my logo and stuff. So that's pretty cool. Go over to Kickstarter and check it out. And the other thing is Sunto announced, hey, by the way, we have the ability with the Ambit to pick up the Stride um, uh, data coming off this thing. There's a little bit of complication where... It's a power meter, but it's a power meter by running, and a lot of companies, for whatever reason, have set up the software on their watches or devices uh, to not pick up. Uh, they try to do the thinking for you and say, well, there's never going to be any time ever where you would pick up a power meter while running, would you? <laughs> so I can't, I won't even let you look for a power meter while running. And I'm always of the uh, mindset of, no, let people 
Um, don't turn stuff off in software. Uh, assume that stuff is coming and just leave it on. And that's what Sunto did. And guess what? They can pick up the power. They can pick up the stride power meter in a Sunto Ambit. While, while in running mode, you can uh, look for a power meter. And it goes, hey, there's one. It's a running power meter, which is news to me. <laughs> but let's go ahead and show the numbers. And it does. So it's pretty cool. And... Sunto did, I'm giving Sunto a lot of love today. Sunto did something else, which I'd been begging for for years, um, which they've, it, they're claiming that they've worked out uh, the, a deal and uh, the technology <laughs> with Training Peaks to finally let, upload your workouts directly to Training Peaks from, um, from Sunto's uh, training log website. So I guess it finally got to them with uh, oh, what what uploads directly to Training Peaks? I know Garmin does, and there's another one that does as well. And I think people are like, "Come on, Sunto, do it!" And Sunto finally shook hands with Training Peaks. So if you have a Sunto Ambit and uh, you use Training Peaks, which I know lots of people that do, um, there's a setting now I think in Moves Count or in Training Peaks where you can say hey, uh, automatically upload my stuff to Training Peaks, which is nice, instead of having to copy stuff over, like it's 1998. Hmm. Okay, and then I think that's enough of the news. Um, Next episode, we have some good stuff coming, which I don't want to quite mention right now. Except Justin Metzler might be on, and so might uh, John Hirsch. And Justin Metzler got Rookie of the Year for in triathlon for USA Triathlon USAT, which is pretty cool. So that'll be interesting. And he was just at a, they were both just at big training camps, different training camps. It'll be cool to talk to them about what went on. And Metzler was at a training camp with a whole bunch of other big name pros. So it'll be cool to get the scoop from him about how how they all handled themselves all around each other, which is always interesting, people's personality quirks and stuff. And let's get back to reading off. Uh, Yeah, that's all the the news and stuff. Let's do a couple of emails and do a sponsor mention. So we got some donations. You can support Zen and the Art of Triathlon by going to the left side of the page and finding the PayPal link and donating to the show either one time or a recurring donation, which is the coolest. And it only ends up being about a dollar an episode. And if you do, I mention your name on the show. And you also can send me an email anytime and I'll answer your training questions. And here we go. A couple emails. Uh, Philip Bio, Bowie, B-O-U-E, uh, commented on my Rocky Raccoon 50 and said, Congrats, Brett, and thanks for the excellent race report on the last episode. Cheers from Tokyo. Cool, uh, Philippe. And... Yeah, previous episode is I, I go out and run the Rocky Raccoon 50 mile ultra trail run, and I painfully detail it in painstaking detail. Allow myself to introduce myself, and then uh, uh, tell you all about everything that I did to PR and actually get a pretty good result, tenth in my age group, a 50 mile ultra marathon, <laughs> which is I can't believe I've actually uh, able to do that, and then. Um, Let's see, more from Hun Chu and William Beck 
and Simon Wright, Joseph Rogalski, what's up? And John Burns, Jessica Woodruff, Dan Machia or Machia, it's up to him. And then Spiros Fetsis, how's it going? From Libertyville. And Tyler Moyer and Dwayne Morin and M. Webb, Todd Endicott and Adrian sent us and a note, and it says, Brett, uh, thanks for your company on many rides and runs. Cheers, Adrian. Hey, no problem. Um, Allison Frutos, Matthew Froese, James Godak, Grant Boshert, or Boshert, and Connor Sanders, and Jonathan Woodman, Richard Stewart, Jason Drury, and the best for last, Carrie slash Jeff slash I'm not sure, uh, Honing. How's it going? And let's see, that's our donations uh, for this. And thank you so much. You make doing this podcast so much easier because it helps pay the bills. Um, every little bit helps pay the bills and makes triathlon, which is the world's uh, most expensive sport next to probably motorcycle and race car racing. And uh, <laughs> thank you. Um, that really does help. And let's go ahead and mention a couple of sponsors before we get into the training log. I just mentioned Libertyville. So let's talk about Amphibian Multisport. Amphibian Multisport out of Chicago in the suburbs, north side, Libertyville. If you go to the Chicago area, if you live in the area, check them out. Amphibianmultisport.com. And they have compu trainers. You can bring in your own bike and ride the compu trainer. If you just find yourself in the area, you can get in and get some free training time, and they'll let you ride on a compu trainer uh, free at least once to see if it's your thing. They have a saline indoor pool. Man, how cold is it in Chicago right now? One time I went to Chicago for spring break, and I was like, this ain't sand. This, is, this isn't the beach. It's freaking waist deep in snow, and it's terrible. I hate it. Where's the pool? And they have the pool right there in Libertyville indoors, right? And boy, I bet you there's some badasses swimming in there too. And no contract membership, uh, so you can do month to month, which is rad. I love that. And um, if you just want to drop in, it's 25 bucks for the whole day, and then 100 bucks a uh, month to month, uh, if you want, or if you are active military, and if you want to be military, talk to them. Maybe they can get you signed up. <laughs> They'll tell you where to go. And firefighters and police force. So check them out, Amphibian Multisport. If you happen to swing through there, tell them that you listen to Zentry, and thanks a lot. All right, and also, let's see, sound probi- probiotics. All right, probiotics are the starters for the good bacteria in your gut. And the good bacteria in your gut, turns out, it's about 70% of your immune system. What's the worst thing that could happen to you in your training plan leading up to a race? Getting sick? It's dumb. Man, don't get sick. Get sound probiotics, man. Get yourself and your and your gut flora all nice and happy up in there. Oh man, you know, make you feel good, help you digest, help you help you do everything better. Uh, what it, it's crazy, like how much of the human body is actually bacteria, and the mitochondria are actually like trained bacteria. We think that are uh, 
assim- assimilated in the body to do work for us. And oh my gosh, it's it's insane how much your body runs on bacteria. So if you feed, if you put out good feed for bacteria, then you attract good bacteria that end up helping you digest your food and your fuel and making you feel better. All right, so sound probiotics are probiotics that are engineered specifically for athletes instead of just, you know, average people out there. So that's why you want to check out sound. And you can get 10% off their orders. You can get 10% off your orders with discount code Zentri, Z-E-N-T-R-I. Check them out. Go to soundprobiotics.com and you will definitely, definitely... Um, get in just way better training. I've been taking them uh, them every day, and I have not gotten sick. That yeah, definitely not gotten sick. In fact, I feel great. I feel great all the time. I love it. So, all right. Let's see. There's trainer view. Go check out uh, realtimeathlete.com and Amrita bars. Fifteen percent off with discount code Zen, which I think I mentioned later in the show. And yeah, donate to the show and Hornet Juice on the right, which I talk about towards the end of the show in the training log. All right, well, let's go ahead and get started with the training log. I take you with me after the Rocky Raccoon, trying to get back into training and ramping things down and then back up for Galveston and then Ironman Texas. And at, at one point, man, I just start training just too much. And I'm like, bleh, you know, oh, this sucks. <laughs> and I'm self-coached, so I got to tell myself, hey, and you are too tired, and uh, you need to take some time off. And I'm actually coming off of that. Two days, doing nothing whatsoever. And it's amazing once you get into the habit, you know, how hard you have to work to uh, not go train. So let's talk about that and a whole lot more in the training log. Here we go. You are entering the Zentrite training log zone. Kuneli. <laughs> Hi everybody, my name is Brett, I'm a triathlete. I decided it's time I got some friends more suited to my status. But Joe, we've been friends for years. Hey, we all make mistakes. Come on dudes, let's go exercise! Exercise! Yeah! I'm gonna do sit-ups till I poop myself! Alright, training log. Start date, February 20th, 2015. And I'm leaving the pool. Uh, Let's see, this training log, we're going to cover winding down from the Rocky Raccoon, how I did recovery from that, and got back into triathlon training because we have the Galveston half, Ironman coming up in March, April, and then uh, Ironman Texas in May, and oh man, I've done a whole bunch of crazy stuff, got to tell y'all about. First off, I'm in the locker room, the the Screaming Banshee locker room, where the uh, high school swim team boys comes out of the pool and then into the locker room and apparently it's required to scream at the top of your lungs uh, constantly uh, as you're walking into the locker room to announce to the other boys that you are present and uh, I don't know it's it's just a whole lot of testosterone going on it's something I complained about <laughs> you're me complain about on the endless pool episode and uh, <clears throat> so I'm sitting there I'm standing there by the sink I've just finished swimming and I'm, I'm getting ready to go to work and I'm uh, standing by the sink, flossing my teeth like a like a hundred year old person does. And uh, the boys are coming in, screaming and yelling. And then uh, one comes in, and uh, he doesn't even look up, just opening the door. The door flies open. And then he goes, "Woo!" 
like that. It, it you know, it echoes in this uh, cinder block, painted cinder block uh, uh, locker room. And there's already all that's on top of all the other screaming and yelling. So I just looked at him with this what the fart look, you know? Like, dude, I gave him this look from hell as I got dental floss hanging out of my uh, mouth. Uh, and he, he looked at me for a second and I kept staring at him and then finally he goes, oh, sorry. <laughs> like that. I just shook my head. Like, dude, come on, man. It's not entirely your locker room. It's a public locker room. And I know it gets crazy, but and it's just boys. So let's see. Um, what else? And my phone's about to die out of battery. Emily called me while this was all going on, uh, pretending she was our dog. <laughs> And, uh, she, our dog's name's Kona. She was, uh, we do this fake voice for Kona. That's pretty funny. And, uh, she goes, well, the phone rings and I'm like, who is this? And, uh, I pick it up and then I get, hi, this is Kona. I'm in the car right now. I'm going to, on a trip to the vet. Oh, <laughs> and I said, Emily, I can't hear you right now. I mean, Kona, I'm having trouble hearing you right now. So I need to uh, let you go because I'm trying to get ready for work. It's really loud in here. She said, oh, okay. Sorry. I'll talk to you later. Okay, bye. And that was fun. Okay, so I am coming down off of the Rocky Raccoon. So after the Rocky Raccoon, I felt really, really, really sore. And how I did the Raccoon is uh, detailed in... Uh, extravagant and overwhelming uh, detail. Uh, last episode, allow myself to introduce myself. And uh, the thing that was bad was how bad my quads hurt. So I took a while off of running and just biked and swam and then eventually started running. But a really good indicator of fitness and strength and health and all that was I was, I took like two days off of training and um, and then got back on it, uh, yeah, about after the third day, went for a swim or something like that. And uh, either swim or bike, you know, and it didn't do anything hard. Uh, of course not, because my uh, legs hurt, you know, it's just kind of therapeutic, not training, just more like uh, mental exercise and uh, stimulation, you know, kind of getting back into the groove of things. <clears throat> And yeah, you can definitely run into uh, starting training again too soon. And then also, I'm burping up an Amrita bar and a post workout Amrita bar. And you can get back to working out too soon, which will lead to overtraining and exhaustion. Or you can get back to um, not training soon enough and taking off a huge amount of time and uh, getting fat and losing fitness, and you don't want to do that. And speaking of fat, um, I've steadily been losing weight uh, from my Christmas weight. I had a I had an emotional meltdown at one point right around Christmas time, and I was like, Emily, we got to get all this crap out of the house. I am gaining weight like crazy, and it's pissing me off. <laughs> and uh, um, she said, Oh, well, I don't know, yeah. And I was like, Let's get all this crap out of here. So I've been. Uh, Steadily losing weight, and <clears throat> a lot of it has to do with upping the fiber in your diet through through veggies. It's not necessarily upping veggies, but it's like upping fiber in your diet through veggies, but then finding the sweet spot 
of how many veggies because if you eat too much fiber, then um, it you can't work out, right? So there is too much of a good thing. It'll slow you down to the point of where you can't absorb uh, carbs because it's all locked up in your stomach with fiber and your blood and your stomach's busy digesting that crap. And then when you try to go work out, you have a, a sluggish workout, kind of like I did last night out on the run. And uh, yeah, that's it for right now. Got a whole lot of stuff to talk about and I'll be back in a bit. Out, bang. All right, I am on my way to the pool after, it's Saturday morning, bang, and after I biked three hours this morning, that's after doing run intervals last night, oh my God, and I'm starting to get tired, man. (laughs) My bike ride today was um, easy, quote unquote, easy-ish, no hard efforts, and uh, still man, where'd you out? You know, three hours. That's what I always say. You know, when you're going long, you don't need to do intervals. <laughs> the time is difficult enough. And we got uh, Cub Scouts tonight and some other stuff, but, um, really paying attention to fueling on riding. And, oh, last weekend I did, I got, I did something really cool. I got to go ride for three hours with a guy here in town who is a former pro triathlete from a long time ago. He was probably only a pro for a couple years, and then uh, and then started his own business and is a local uh, fitness coach. That's a big deal in town, and he's gotten back into to uh, doing some triathlon stuff and is going to do some half Ironmans first, and maybe oh he's going to do Coeur d'Alene. I think he did Coeur d'Alene last summer. But anyway, he asked if he could go riding with me last weekend, and I said, "Yeah, man, let's go." And um, now he's a former pro. <laughs> So I'm like, oh, this is gonna be, uh, this is gonna be, this is gonna be a workout, right? But no, like the entire ride, he was drafting off of me, trying to keep up. And he's 47. I'm 41, about to turn 42 this summer. And he, uh, after, after about 30 minutes, he said, "This is, we're heading out on a three-hour ride." And he told me before the ride, you know, he's gonna, he's got three 20-minute intervals and some stuff like that that he has to do. He's being coached by uh, Jimmy Riccatello, who's the head um, referee for Ironman. And uh, after we're riding a while, he goes, um, how many how many watts are you doing right now? And I said, uh, I looked down, I was doing like 260 or something like that. And he said, uh, he said, what's your, uh, what's your threshold? And I said, oh, I don't know. Like, um, I think it's like 280. Um, and this is the weekend after doing the Rocky Raccoon 50 ultra marathon that I did. And, uh, he goes, holy, wow, crap. And I, and I said, well, is that, is that good or bad? Because he's a pro, you know? And I know a lot of pros are like way higher than that. And he goes, goes that's crazy high man that's really good and I said oh thanks man I had no idea (laughs) I mean I know it's good but I didn't know it was worth you know like like um you know a discussion or anything like that and the um I told him a little bit about polarized training uh later I'll get to that in a second and I said uh oh cool man um 
So the Ironman Texas, I've knocked out like a 5.15 or something like that uh, bike ride before. So like 21, 22 miles per hour or something like that. And uh, that was pretty cool. And he said, uh, wow, that's pretty cool. And then, um, so then about an hour into the bike ride, um, he said, uh, what do you, uh, he goes, <laughs> we're averaging 21 miles an hour. <laughs> I go, uh, I guess so. I've, I've learned, I turn off the average miles per hour off my uh, bike computer. I don't see it on my screen because that'll make me overtrain. I just do time and average watts, you know, and things like that. I don't even look at that actually. Um, well, I guess that's on there, but I don't notice it anymore. Um, but anyway, he said, we're averaging like 21 miles an hour. If, if I do this in my, um, in my race, he's doing Galveston with me. If, if I do this at, at Galveston, I'll qualify for worlds. <laughs> And I said, uh, maybe, I guess, I don't know, I like that. And we kept on riding. And then we finished up. I mean, yeah, we averaged 21.1 for uh, three hours of riding. And it was a good ride. And it was a ride where I did intervals towards the end. And then, um, then that was a week ago. And then today, I was going out for an easy-ish ride and experimenting with fuel calories like how many calories per hour and I've got that Vitargo and man that stuff is so thick and trying to make something with it, it's a real struggle and I woke Emily up turning on the blender you know because the best way to mix this stuff is with the blender and um, what happened um, she, she's like what are you doing <laughs> it's like I'm uh, mixing fuel she's like jeez and uh, I'm up uh, I ended up with about 300 calories per hour in my bottle and throughout the ride as I got halfway through I was like um, I'm gonna need more fuel and I'd stashed a couple of gels in my um, in my jersey pocket before I got going so I was glad I did that so what I did is I squeezed the gels into my fuel bottle and then added more water when I was at my water stop there's a post office that stopped for water at and that um, that worked great um, I got my energy back up. Looking at the uh, graph when I finished, I was looking at my heart rate graph, and yeah, my heart rate started dropping about halfway, a little bit before halfway through the ride, and that's not enough calories doing that to you. You need to eat more. And um, there's something else that happened. Um, oh, and then I averaged uh, today 21.2 miles per hour, so I went just a tad bit faster. And that's on top of running intervals last night. So let me tell you about my running intervals. I live on a street that has a loop around it that's a half mile loop, like exactly. And it's pretty cool. I, I ran last night. See, a lot of us get all sucked into thinking that we have to have, we won't train on a treadmill or we won't train indoors, you know. Um, won't train on pavement, got to run on trails, won't train on pavement. When really, that's, if you think about it, that's a, a weak-minded mindset. And um, you've, you've convinced yourself that you can't exert your body unless the conditions are a certain way. And all that does is just sabotage your, your uh, goals. So I was, uh, 
Um, yeah, I, oh, man, you get on like slow twitch or whatever, and you hear people complain about treadmills. I won't run on a treadmill. They're terrible. Well, I used to think that too until I started figuring out how to use one, and then they're the best. And then on a trainer, a bike trainer, um, yeah, if I go for a long ride, um, I'll, I'll prefer to ride outside because it makes the time go by faster. But on a, uh, on a shorter ride, indoors is totally the way to go. And you get one hell of a workout, way better than, than uh, outside. And um, so <laughs> uh, usually I used to be like, man, if I'm going to go run, you know, I want to run like all over the neighborhood and, and whatever. That way it's interesting. And I've learned that there's this half mile loop around my house and you can, I can use it as a tool where like if this is like the same situation if you had a hill near your house. Um, you would think it was insane just running up and down the same hill. But you got to ask yourself, what's your goal? You know? Um, so this, um, this loop around my house has a, has a nice little hill on it within the half mile. And so what I did was I ran around it twice as a warm-up. I got my dog with me, Kona. And uh, who's actually gained five pounds. He's fat now because he's, uh, he hasn't been running with me as much. Because I was running on the treadmill so much, and he can't run on the treadmill. I tried teaching him how to use the treadmill. <laughs> that didn't go well, but I didn't try all that hard. I could probably keep trying. And then um, I'm running around the, uh, what, uh, 10 minutes was, uh, you know, jogging easy around this loop, this half-mile loop. And then I, uh, after that, I started doing one loop hard, and then a little bit of a walk and a cool-down run uh around the loop uh for recovery so one hard one easy one hard one easy one hard one easy i ended up running 12 laps around this uh this loop around my house um and it ended up being one of the best workouts i've i've done running at all and one of the one of the reasons i'm doing it um is uh a (laughs) One A, um, I get to take my dog with me instead of running on the treadmill, and it's got this hill on it, right? So I get my little hill, and then um, B two, the um, running downhill after doing the Rocky Raccoon in my quads just freaking killed me. Um, it reminded me how important it is to be able to run to to get downhill running in, and so this loop has one hill, and then one good. Uh, downhill in it too and running it at a fast pace really bangs up the quads you know running downhill really fast and I was like oh man that's uh that's pretty freaking smart so um and then I, and all I'm thinking about now is like Ironman Texas it's just totally on my mind what do I need to do for a good Ironman Texas I'm now at the pool I'm gonna to try to I'm gonna to try to get an hour's worth of swimming in, and then probably go buy Freebirds and eat. And I've also noticed this whole thing about upping a little bit of fiber in my diet. I'm now below 280, 280, 180, uh, 179.8 pounds this morning, and that's after drinking two beers yesterday and some brownies. <laughs> but I was going out of my way to uh, find and eat uh, a little bit of extra fiber whenever I could. Uh, not too close to the workout because it would make your stomach hurt. And, uh, yeah, weight just dropping, uh, just dropping nicely. So, 
Um, after I swim here, I think that'll be it for the day. And uh, we got scouts tonight. It'll be fun. All right, out, bang. All right, I'm at the Zentri Home Studios. Oh my God, I'm tired. <laughs> Not too tired, but hungry, man, hungry. Uh, yesterday, I decided to go for a long run and ran two and a half hours. And I should have quit at two hours because um, it was just too much for me. And the last half hour, um, well, <clears throat> after about an hour and 45 minutes, I was already feeling pretty banged up, but I was like, man, oh, if you went two and a half hours, that would be so cool. <laughs> That's stupid. Don't do that. The, uh, I went two and a half hours and ran 16 miles. I averaged a nine, a nine minute mile and 20 second pace, which is, yeah. Um, but yeah, I should have, I should have cut it early. And then the rest of the day I was, uh, I was feeling kind of wiped out. And then I finally got onto the bike in the evening and, uh, rode for a while, but it took me forever to get warmed up and forever to feeling good, which is a bad sign. That means that you overdid it. And then today I'm okay. Um, I'm just, uh, I'm just tired, a little tired and, um, and not really all that sore. I never went hard yesterday, just kind of went and uh, managed to get in 15 and a half hours for the week. So what we're going to start doing is start talking about, as we get closer to Galveston and Ironman, Texas, about volume and you know hours per week and training methods and styles and, and what I'm doing to, uh, to uh, get there. Um, I've noticed that I've gotten extremely paranoid over the past just couple of days it has kicked in that i need volume uh to do well at ironman texas and oh my god it's uh oh man it's gonna be rough um kona qualifier is probably 200 miles to 250 uh, miles on the bike per week. It's probably more than that. People that know are probably laughing going, yeah, right. That's nothing. But, um, this past week I did 15 and a half hours and I ran 36 miles, I think 37 miles. And I biked 126, 130 maybe miles. Um, so it's, it's time to start up in the bike and it gets confusing you know like what do you do uh <laughs> well the thing that starts going through my mind constantly is where are you going to find the time to bike like that and a um be there for the family and b uh don't piss off your family and c don't start hating triathlon. Uh, one year I trained just a huge amount of volume and I started uh, hating it, you know, but I was, I was entrained into the process and it was working. So I just kept going with it. But man, when, um, when Ironman's over, you just feel like, uh, you just, <laughs> I've had races, where when you cross the finish line, you just want to keep walking and just go straight into the ocean and just go to the bottom and die because 
uh, you're just so exhausted and so glad it's over. Uh, what were you doing this entire time? Um, now, it gets weird, you know, because you're sitting there thinking, like, uh, I, you got to question everything, but, but you got to worry that that you're not questioning too much because there is stuff that just works, you know. Um, you know what act there's there's what you what everybody says you need and then there's what you need you know there's what works and then what works for you and the big thing with iron man is um it's it's uh bike and nutrition uh focused more than anything else you just you swim easy ish so that you just cruise through the swim because if you do if you've gotten your swimming decent enough um going hard versus going easy is only going to make a few minutes difference anyway so it doesn't really matter um and it's only hour to an hour and a half depending on who you are so the um let's see I do an Ironman swim right on an hour. I've done, I've done a few of them sub hour. I've done a few of them over an hour. Just kind of, it just kind of depends on the conditions or whatever. And um, then you got to be able to bike 112, 112 miles. Like you got to be able to bike 112 miles like e- like uh average person's five mile bike ride you know what i mean like it's got to feel like nothing it's got to feel like you did absolutely nothing so that you can run and that is so hard to do um and you're like well the only cure for that is volume um but i mean not not exactly um and then how do you bike 112 miles and put down the calories so that you're able to run a marathon um, at a decent clip, let's say a three hour to three and a half hour marathon um, in the heat with not eating that much because the intensity that you're having to go at is, uh, is so high by by the end of the day that you're not able to eat that much anymore. Um, so you're running off of stored calories that you took on in the bike. So you got to up all these calories in the bike and figure out how to get this stuff in. And the more awesome you get, this is the thing, it all becomes like this wizardry where you're like, oh, you know, <laughs> you don't just race this thing. There's all kinds of str- strategies, and tactics and stuff that make it um, that make it so complicated, and you've really got to you've really got to you're juggling a lot of balls at this point. So the if you get so good on the bike, then you can actually back off the bike so that you can eat tons of calories so that when you run you've got tons of calories stored in you that you've uh, started digesting um 
and so that you can run and run pretty hard and pretty fast with um, without it bothering your stomach because you managed to get down a whole bunch of calories. Now, the only way to um, the only way besides sheer luck, which is never gonna never gonna work out in your favor, the only way to train for this is to do big volume days and document what you did and um, how it turned out for you and what's going on so that you can replicate it on race day. And this sucks. Um, big volume days. Uh, one thing I really dislike is being in the sun. Um, oh, who was I talking to? Uh, getting them on the podcast. Uh, about sun exposure and such. And it's just the worst, man. It's the worst thing for your skin to be out there in the sun all day. And after a few years of doing this, you end up looking like a piece of fried bacon or a catcher's mitt because of all the sun exposure. And people pointing at you, you know, the children pointing at you and going, Mommy, what is that thing over there? Like, That's a triathlete. It's okay. Don't look too long. He must have he must have been trying to do Ironmans. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so the... Um, you could tell I'm just kind of wandering around in thought because it's like, man, it is a really big puzzle. And then mega, mega training days, guess what you're not doing? You're not spending time with your family, you know? Uh, and this is why they call triathlon the the, <laughs> the finishing line at Kona. <laughs> this is so funny. The, the finishing shoot at Kona is sometimes called the parade of the selfish because um, to get that good, you have to um, ignore so much around you and other people, you know, trying to get you to do stuff. And it's me, 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 me. Um, so it's an incredibly selfish sport. So you have to learn over time for to do tactics to um, to let the others in your life know that you, that you love them strategically that aren't based in the normal ways that they're used to getting it, like. Um, Earlier today, it's like text messaging is a really good one. Um, I text messaged Emily uh, several times today um, to let her know I love her and that she's um, really great on the treadmill. She's training for a little race and uh, the um, all this stuff, you know. And the the brain is like her brain is like, oh, Brett loves me. Um, he's he's uh, he's he is thinking about me. Da da da. You know. Um, without, um, so if you, because if you're gone training all the time and you're not communicating with family and friends that you're, um, that you feel guilty about it and that you do care about them and all that other stuff, they're going to assume that you don't. And, uh, yeah, you got to use technology and, uh, strategy, <laughs> strategy to, um, to let people know that, um, one, that you are thinking about them, two, that you do feel guilty, and three, that it's only temporary and uh, you'll be back, um, and that you are doing things and to point them out so that they notice, you know. So my one funny thing that always seems to work is um, when you're not on a... um, (laughs) This really works too. Let's say 
uh, it's Saturday and you're going to watch your kid's soccer game and you, um, you manage to squeeze in at least like three times saying, this is so great watching the soccer game and not being out training right now and spending my time choosing instead to spend my time uh, being here with the family like that. And you just say it like uh, sub- subvertly, I don't know, uh, whatever the phrase is, you just kind of mention it kind of offhand kind of here and there. And uh, your, your family will nod and be like, yeah, well, it is, it is great that he's here. And then they remember, because if you don't point it out, they're not going to remember all the times that you didn't go do stuff. And, uh, and instead, they're only going to remember the times that you do go do stuff without them. So you got to uh, point it out. Anyway, I'm getting off on a tangent here. The, uh, so my main conflict that I've noticed is bike. Lots of bike volume because, uh, man, I want to get my Ironman time down to uh, sub-ton hour Ironman. And um, what I'm battling in my mind is a training strategy. Do I, do I do tons of bike volume or do I do smart bike, bike volume? And after, after revolving around in my head all this uh, stuff, the current, uh, the current mindset is, and this, this is uh, going to change 500 times in the next week, the current mindset is polarized training for the bike um, to increase wattage because it does work. It works incredibly well to increase threshold, and then the occasional um, really long day to test out fueling, and then the, um, and I guess that works out, the occasional really long day, Um, and then the, uh, schedule-wise, and then leave running alone and do no, and just do easy for running, and just uh, volume, like about 50 miles a week for running, which I seem to be able to get up to sometimes, um, looking at my old training logs. And um, uh, because if you start doing uh, intervals, which would be polarized intervals for running, then that compromises your bike. And honestly, we get back, then you can't do as much bike polarized training because your legs are tired from the running polarized. And we get back to the issue issue where it really is about having just a whopper of a bike ride, uh, bike strength, uh, bike ability so that you can run um, uh, without being uh, messed up from the bike ride. So it really all does come back to the bike, which is both bad because, uh, you know, you wish it was more about all three sports, but it seems like really to hinge on the bike. So you need to be really focused on getting the bike done. Um, but it's also good because man, bikes are beautiful. I love bikes. (laughs) Bikes are the best. I can just bike tour around the country like all all day long. I really love it. Uh, that reminds me of my trainer view. I'm now way south of Auckland, still in the Auckland uh, 
uh, remote suburbs, uh, cruising around, uh, is this on Trainer View? Yeah, Trainer View. I almost said Trainer Road. Trainer View. And uh, I'm going to be leaving the, uh, the city limits of Auckland pretty soon and keep riding on my tour around New Zealand, which is pretty nice. And I think um, I would be happy. Uh, I was like bouncing ideas around in my head and I was like, no, no, that one, that one, that idea sucks. Just massive, massive volume. In my mind's eye, I, I see just lots of apologizing to my family and lots of pissed off Emily. And then I'm like, just like tons and tons and tons and tons of volume of everything and being exhausted all the time and trying to squeeze and stuff at lunch constantly. And I'm like, okay. So I bounce some more ideas around and then I'm like, oh, just do polarized training just for the swim and just for the bike and not for the run and see where that takes you on your, on your longer training days. And then I was like, yeah, yeah, that's something. I could do that. That could be, uh, that could be impressive. And, uh, I could really like that, uh, getting my uh, bike watts up really nice. So, yeah, you got to sit around and, and bounce ideas around in your head until you come up with one that re- like really rings true and then you'll stick with it longer. So that's where I'm at. I'm, uh, oh, there was something else. Oh, well, I forgot what it is. Uh, sound probiotics. This is not the ad for sound probiotics, but, uh, they just signed on Maddie Reed, and it reminded me. They sent me an email all excited about it, and uh, that reminded me that I hadn't taken my sound probiotics today, and uh, stuff keeps you from getting sick, so I'm going to go do that. Out, bang. Well, hello. What's up, home salads? <laughs> I'm leaving the pool or uh, the, the locker room from the pool. Also, I as I like to affectionately now call it, the yelling room. Lots of yelling going on, and uh, I'm on my way to W to the ERK. And I've got a couple of things for you. One is, I talked about it probably at the beginning of the show. I haven't recorded that yet, but I'm sure I will. Um, Kai got to see Zwift last night and absolutely lost his mind (laughs) over how awesome it is. I've, um, Emily told me that and Kai asked for me to tell them when I'm going to go swim in the morning so that I, um, uh, Kai gets up and then he's like, where's daddy? You know, and it's like so sad and pitiful. And, uh, I'm going to go, got a green light. And so I woke him up this morning and said, Hey, I'm going to go swim. I don't know what kid wants to, you know, be woken up at, uh, five 50 in the morning just to be told that his dad's going to go swim. But, you know, Kyle likes to know where I'm at. So I say, uh, hey, I'm leaving to go swim. He's like, okay. Um, that video game, Zwift? And I'm like, yeah. And he's like, when when can I play it again? <laughs> like, what the hell, dude? <laughs> wow, holy cow. Anyway, um, there's that. And also, um, Kai, I gave him his uh his first piece of carbon fiber uh, a few days ago i remember my very first piece of carbon fiber uh was a stem spacer on a bike you know this is 15 something years ago and i was like oh and i i held it and looked at it and held it and looked at it and was amazed at its lightweightedness and 
I was just really impressed by it um, because I'd grown up with you know alloys and, and steel. And uh, when I was handing Kai this carbon fiber piece, it's a zip bottle cage that I've got. Um, it's really pretty. And the carbon fiber, you can see the weave in it and everything. And and, uh, and he's going to put it on his little specialized bike. And I told him that this is really special stuff. Don't don't just take this this piece of carbon fiber and think that, oh, it's just a piece of carbon fiber, right? You know, this, this is a miracle material of our, the miracle material of our generation. And the stuff's only been around for a little while. And it's amazing that you can sit here and hold it. And just because it's going to be, it's starting to be everywhere, don't lose appreciation for what this really is and what, how far we've come to be able to make this stuff. And, um, and it really reminded me of the beginning scene, the opening scene. Oh, Jesus. Got a crazy driver. The opening scene of uh, Conan the Barbarian, where his father is explaining, Conan's a little kid, and his father is explaining to him the, uh, the, the miracle, the riddle of steel. Because to them, steel was new. And steel was so superior to other armor, uh, bronze, you know, stuff that was soft or stuff that was brittle. Steel is a miracle material because you can add less nickel, more nickel, more uh, different, uh, I'm trying to think of chromium and stuff like that, right? That's how you make uh, chrome plated or chrome uh, stainless steel, you know, uh, with nickel and chromium and other stuff. I can't even list off all the materials, but you can make this you can make steel be whatever you want it to be and aluminum actually too now um, aluminum is actually a miracle material that um, uh, a couple hundred years ago uh, aluminum was so rare that you hardly ever saw it in anything they made crowns out of it for uh, royalty um, even though it's a very abundant material getting it into uh, getting it out of the ground um, and condensing it into pure aluminum is actually uh, requires electricity and high volumes of, of elect consistent electricity has only been around for a little while and um, and now so it was more valuable than gold aluminum was is more valuable than gold and the um, I think the the plate on top of the Washington Monument is made out of aluminum as a sign of how awesome America is <laughs> and uh, and now we're walking around drinking soda out of it and throwing the cans on the ground you know this, this what was considered to be more important than gold and uh, it's pretty crazy when you think about it you know and uh, it's just like it's trash <laughs> and so in this opening scene, he's a, uh, Conan's dad is explaining to him, you know, this is this is so important, this material, and it actually he humanizes it. I forget what that phrase is called, amorph, 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 uh, whatever. And then uh, he said, you know, it steel is strong, steel is straight and has discipline. And you can hone it to an edge. So it's like it's like a person. It'll teach you a lot about yourself, and um, and that becomes the um, 
the running theme, one of the running themes throughout the movie. Um, so I'm handing Kai this piece of carbon fiber, <laughs> and I'm like, this is very important material. You can, when, when this material was new, uh, it took us a while to figure out how to make it great, and now we can use it to make nearly anything. So whenever you see carbon fiber, you need to really appreciate it. And uh, pieces of carbon fiber um, here and there, and then over time you build up an entire bike out of carbon fiber. And now sports cars, race cars, have carbon fiber frames and body panels. But pretty pretty soon, someday, you know, you just your average Ford or Chevy will have uh, lots of carbon fiber in it, because why not? you know, uh, because you can make it super, you can make it super strong and you can make it into whatever shape you want. It's, uh, and strong in whatever direction that you want. It's really amazing stuff. And you can actually like print it out probably with a print with a 3d printer someday. And so Kai, Kai got it. He was like, okay, he, he wasn't like, shut up dad. But he was like, oh, okay. Yeah, this is really special, you know. And and right now it's expensive, sorta. Parts of it are expensive. I said this bottle cage when I back in 2007 was a $50 bottle cage. It's like, "Whoa." I'm like, "Yeah, don't let somebody steal it off your bike." <laughs> but anyway, um, there's that uh, the riddle of the riddle of steel, look it up on YouTube. Uh, Conan the Barbarian and look for the opening scene where he's a little kid. And there's lots of videos about that. And then um, also on episode 81 of Talk Ultra, I forgot how far into it, there's an interview with a guy who talks in detail about what it was like getting hyponutremia. And that's where you drink too much water and you dilute the electrolytes in your body so much that your your nerves can't conduct the electrical signal to, to fire. And you start... Um, I think you could start having seizures and pass out and eventually die. And people do die from this because um, you basically rinsed out important um, materials out of your body that makes your body function because you've washed you've washed them out by drinking too much water without them in it. That's why I always you know add eat salt pills stuff like that. And um, if you're exercising a lot and you're drinking a lot of water, and um, it's a really good. Um, audio bit and it's kind of long uh, because it's not just the symptoms and kind of what led to it but then the consequences of what happens in your life afterwards of almost having to uh, have a plane land um, out out of its normal path uh, you know full of people because you were so unthinking that you caused uh, an emergency on the plane and um, a medical emergency or something that you could have prevented, and then your family being stressed out and being in the having to go to the hospital for medical attention because of uh, what you did. You know this. This isn't hyponatremia. The effects are on your body. You know you may recover in a day or so. I guess I don't know. I guess it depends. And then, but the effects on those around you and your community, your tribe, is uh, days to weeks. And monetarily, you know, a trip to the hospital, man, that's freaking expensive. Um, and then what it does to you psychologically and your family and friends uh, for uh, for quite a while. 
So check it out. All right, I got to head into W to the ERK. Again, that's Talk Ultra podcast episode, I think it's 81. All right, out. Bang. Hello. What's up, people? Driving to W to the ERK, weaving my way through traffic. It's weird. Driving while recording a podcast is not at all like uh, driving and... Uh, having a phone conversation with anybody. It's all one way. It's, it's really weird. Anyway, um, as far as difficulty driving while talk, talking and texting, but I do have something. Uh, this morning, I did Zwift on the bike, my first ride, and we'll save my analysis of it, uh, my deep analysis of it for the beginning of the show, because that makes for good content up front that people like listening to. But um, <clears throat> time did go by really fast. Um, I'm not saying it's going to be like that every time, but I did notice that, uh, the workout took like no time at all. And I did an interval ride, which also makes workouts go by faster. And I was battling myself like, oh man, I want to watch the video coverage from Dubai, challenge Dubai, uh, instead. (laughs) And then I'm like, oh, but I really want to watch that in detail. That's for a longer trainer ride. Maybe. Um, but the whole thing is, uh, well, what's super cool is Challenge Dubai is up for a long time. I'll be able to watch that. And, um, and now we've got choices, you know, we can watch Challenge Dubai, uh, a good race, you know, with live coverage is going to be really great. Last night I was, I was trying to find race coverage. I was actually surprised by how, um, how early it actually came on by like 8 o'clock, I think, central time, p.m. It was on. They're on the other side of the world. So um, I think their uh, challenge account should have, uh, I think their Twitter account should have, starting a, about a week out, like once a day, announce, hey, we're going to do live coverage on this TV channel. Because there was a lot of people that are experts in the field that were asking on the last day, hey, where, where's the TV coverage? You know, which means people wanted to know where it was and didn't know where to go find it. And which means there was a need that could have been filled. And so, yeah, the, I think the way to do it, whenever we do the Iron Baby, I start tweeting out a week ahead of time. And we'll do this for Ultra Baby too. You know, hey, watch us this Saturday or this Sunday as we do this, you know, and, uh, then it's, it's both informational and a little bit of advertising is pretty cool, but it looks like Danielle Reef won the thing and, um, uh, Terenzo Bazone, uh, won it as well. So that was pretty cool. And, um, golly, hold on a second. Oh wait, I know what it was. Um, I got a little bit of nutrition tips for you. I haven't done this much, so I don't know, you know, how good this is long term, but it's something that I'm going to start looking into more because it seems to work really great. And uh, it's, I, I had a phone call uh, with Paul Duncan Jr., that's Angela Nath's husband, and we were just talking, you know, shooting the bull <laughs> down here in the cell, shooting the bull, and talking about just nutritional stuff and I was asking him some questions he's giving me some tips so he's freaking smart I really recommend that people check him out and uh, Paul Duncan Jr. 
and he uh, was telling me that uh, doing your fuel as a bottle from concentrate is kind of a recipe for disaster that you really want to do diluted to normal strength Uh, and so I've been trying that the past two maybe three workouts instead of doing a concentrate and then hoping right as Sunto says replacing luck um, hoping that you're lucky and you get the mixture about right um, why not just go ahead and and make it right well the thing is you got to carry a lot of fuel with you but I've been experimenting with it and um, not concentrating my fuel as much and kind of spreading it out while working out and it does seem to work better it seems to work a lot better a lot let a lot less stomach distress you know instead of sipping on a concentrated bottle <sighs> this morning I made Gatorade um, almost just a little bit stronger than normal I poured you know a quart's worth into a 22 ounce bottle and uh, worked with that instead of like super concentrated and I had a, I had a great workout from it. So, um, I'll talk about more of that in the future. I got to go in to the, to the jizzy job. All right. Out. Bang. All right. <laughs> I'm here with Zwift master Kai Blankner. Uh, Mr. Up? What's going up? Yeah. <laughs> Mr. Uh, like 50 miles an hour or something like that. Three miles per hour. You know how mad this makes other people that are on it trying to be honest. You know? And you're on it. And you've only done it a couple times, right? How many times do you think you've Zwifted so far? Two. Yeah, just two. And it's a game, right? Mm-hmm. It's Because I was expecting somebody to get mad at me and be, and be like, your son being on there going that fast is cheating. And I'd be like, hey, dude, it's a game. Okay? So calm down. And he's 10 years old. And I'm trying to let you have fun on it so that you really like it. I do like it. Okay, so tell me, um, let's do this like in a, you know what chronological means? No. Okay, chrono is probably Latin for time, right? And logic is probably Latin for uh, thinking, logic, right? Time thinking. So think of it in time, okay? Organized by time, right? So when you first... We're gonna do like first to last. When you first saw Zwift, do you know how to spell Zwift? Z S W I F T. Z W I F T. Are you one of those people that has to write things out to be able to spell it? No. <laughs> I think you are. <laughs> anyway, okay. When you first saw Zwift, what what did you see? What was it? What was the first time you saw Zwift? Well, when you were riding on it. And um, we saw deer and stuff. Wait, squirrel moment. Look at that digger. Man, he's going to fall over. Look at that. Oh, that's rad. Okay, anyway, back to the, the whatever we're talking about. What were we talking about? Uh, not construction cars. Well, we just vehicles. Okay, hit me. What were we talking about? Zwift, when you first saw it. Oh, well, the first time God, I saw it. Dude, you're worse than I am. Oh, my God. First time I saw it was when. Hey, wait! Did you know that a Honda, the Honda, what is it? What's the Honda truck called? Ridgeline. Uh, did you know that's really a Honda Pilot without the back on it? No. Yeah. Okay. Back to whatever we were talking about. Let's go. I forgot everything. Zwift. First saw Zwift. 
You were writing, and I thought it was boring. What? Because I haven't. Because I didn't write on it. Okay. Yeah. So when you first saw it, you I didn't think jealous. it was going to be. You were jealous. Yes. Wait. What? What was boring? That you had to wait. Yes. Oh. Because okay. I. Because I was all like being daddy first. Daddy's got to figure it out. I'm gonna daddy hog it. Daddy Okay. And then what happened? Then. I got to. I got to write on it, and it was epic. It blew my mind up. <laughs> um, what, what about it blew your mind up exactly? Like, it was amazing. At first, it didn't work, though, on the, first, on the, ne- on the second computer that we were Oh, yeah, yeah. And I told you, just be patient. I'll figure it out. The uh, ant chip doesn't work on that second computer too well. So what did you do while you were on it? Um, I rode intervals. Yeah, you kind of did, didn't you? Uh-huh. Yeah? What did you like about it? That it looked kind of real, and it did what you kind of did. Like, it went your speed, I guess. So how did you get up to 50 miles an hour? I've never seen you do that in the real world. Just spinning might get into a really easy gear. Yeah? And spin. Spin really fast. Yeah. So what bike were you? How are, how are you doing this? On my. You're only awesome, ten years old. On my awesome bike. Yeah. You're only ten years old. There's there's parents all around the world listening to this, going, "How in the world do I get my ten year old to actually exercise uh, in a in a <laughs> in a video game?" And so what we did was we took your bike, your specialized bike. Right, which you can ride indoors, outdoors, ride to school. Right, so it's a good, it's a good investment. Right, and you can ride it in races. Yep. Right, and then you have about, I don't know if you can buy the stuff you used, maybe fifty to a hundred bucks worth of Gar- Garmin speed sensor, cadence sensor stuff on your bike. Yep. Right. Uh huh. And then, so that's your investment, or our investment in your bike. And then the trainer, right? And then, um, which is used between me and Emily and me and Mommy and you, right? So that's split three ways. I guess. Yeah, so it's not like a huge amount of money because it's always being used by somebody, right? And we've had it for like, my trainer we've had for 10 years. And then... Um, and a, a computer, mm-hmm. right? That's it, right? Yeah. So people are like wondering how to do this. So then what happened when, tell me about your feelings in your body. <laughs> Whenever um, I told you you had to get off Zwift and quit to go do something else. You never told me to do that. Yeah, I did. I said, you got to stop. You got to go to bed. Was to eat. I told you I, to eat. I had to eat. Oh, okay. But anyway, tell me about like a little bit later when you wanted to get on Zwift again. What did that feel like? Uh. Why did you want to get on Zwift again? Because it's awesome and it's fun. Yeah. What's fun and awesome about it? What made you miss it? 
Like, like, okay, go ahead. That you actually get to ride your bike and you can make it your video game. Yeah. And then you got like points and power ups and stuff like that the faster you went. Jerseys. And what did you think about? Oh, you were riding a Pinarello Dogma bike, which was pretty cool. Yeah. And then you were, um, what do you think about passing people versus getting passed? How'd that make you feel? At least no one passed me when I was actually not well, trying. Yeah. And that was pretty fun. And when someone did pass me wasn't when I wasn't trying, I always tried to get back on them. Okay, so... Um, draft off of them. Okay, yeah, you can draft in the video game. It's pretty cool, and it tells you, draft, draft, come on! Kind of like, finish him. Right? In Mortal Kombat. The, um... So what we're talking about here, the, the psychological, that means brain. Remember, logic means thinking. Psycho means kind of emotion in your brain. The, um... What's going on here is that I noticed that's super cool is the game is made so that it makes you want to play more by hitting that magic spot of encouraging you when you're doing well and when somebody's doing better than you, it tells you in a way that makes you want to keep playing so that you can get so you can catch up with that person and beat them, right? And that's really good gameplay, and it works really well on kids and the um, the adults that I've talked to as well. Really like it. Well, uh, thanks for talking to us about Zwift, Kai. Welcome. Quit looking out the window. Focus for a second, okay. because we're going to talk about something else. What about this the sit up contest you were in? Oh, fine. Whatever you wanted to talk about it so bad a minute ago. So you did like ten sit ups. Eighty. Yeah, and there's nobody does eighty sit ups. No. Yes. Yeah. Yes, and we were supposed to do curl ups, but I was doing sit ups. Yeah. Did you do the most out of anybody or something? Not really. Cause somebody every- did more than eighty. No. What? No, it was a set level where you had, you you had it, like you could stop when you couldn't do any more. Yeah. And I could have kept on going. They had a certain amount that they had though, so. It's like I took the wrong exit because I wasn't paying yeah, attention. Yeah, like you did. All right. Oh, firewood for sale. Um, so what was this for? What, why were you doing all these sit-ups? In gym, we have it. So it was a contest or something? No, it's like a pacer. But, like, it's pretty easy, you know? Really? Yeah. Okay. Well, I think we're done with this interview. I'd like to... I'd like to thank you for your uh, time today. Um, you're welcome. And you got a soccer game. Yeah. Mhm. How many goals are you gonna score? Half a goal? I don't. Half a goal? What is that? That's not even a it's goal. It's kind of like helping somebody else. Oh. Mm, that, that actually is pretty good, but <laughs> then it would be all in the foot. So. Okay. I don't know what that means. <laughs> you don't know either. Okay. All right. Well, thank you, Mr. Kai. Oh, you know, you're welcome. Okay, thanks. Okay, I think we're done. All right, I'm here with uh, the beautiful Zentri nurse. How's it going, baby? It's going. What are we doing today? I'm doing a half marathon and Kai's doing a 5K. You're our support crew for once. I don't even know what to do with myself. 
you have to stay at the race. You can't go do something else. <laughs> Kai's 5K is over, you know, really soon. after They start just a few minutes after uh, Emily's half marathon starts. And then Kai goes, can we leave and go back to the house? <laughs> Come back. Okay, so what's your estimated uh, finish time? Uh, sometime between... I don't know. I'm estimating. I'm starting at 7:30, and I'm estimating I'm done between 9:30 and 10. So between and two to two and a half hours. Two to two and a half hours. So what did you do to train for this? I followed Hal Higdon's intermediate uh, half marathon plan with with the goal to finish. I think I think it said somewhere I wanted to try to finish break two hours, but I don't know that I'm going to be able to do that. But anyway. So what, what kind of things were on the plan? You run about four days a week with your long day being on Sunday and next to longest day being on Saturday and then like during the week there's like just a rest day and a strengthen stretch and strengthen day and then it's some short runs and but it's very manageable like with with me working full-time and everybody else's schedule so so what did you find hard about training that way or easy what was the hardest thing and easiest thing what do you like about it and dislike well, I liked, like I said, that it was easy to fit in most of the time, whatever the workout was, and you didn't have this, like, enormous workout to try to figure out how you're going to fit in. And then I, I didn't like – it's because it's the season right now where – like, right now we're driving into the misting rain. It's just been really cold and misty, so I've done most of my training on the treadmill. But I've, I've followed his tra- plans before, so I knew what to expect. It's pretty awesome we have a treadmill. Yeah, yeah it is. Very awesome. All right, what's Kai's training plan been like? Are you talking to me or him? Yeah, you. Uh, just being Kai. Yeah. Yeah. He's he's run with you a few times outside with Kona. Oh, he did. He ran with on. me. <laughs> While I ran. It's freezing outside, and he's like, "Can we take our shirts off?" <laughs> yeah. He asked me yesterday if he had to wear a shirt in this race, and I said yes. <laughs> <laughs> so Kai got on the bike this morning. I took a picture of him warming up on his trainer. Wouldn't that be hilarious if we took the trainer to the race? You got a 10-year-old on the bike, like, spinning. Like, I saw at uh, Nationals in Vermont, uh, triathlon. There was people spinning on the bike out right outside the transition area to warm up. I was like, oh, my God, this is insane. Because if you, if you did really well at Nationals, then you could go to Worlds in New Zealand or something. Yep. Yeah. All right, Kai, tell us about your race strategy and uh, how the race is going to go down. Like, I want you to visualize it. Tell me, like, moment by moment what's going to happen. For the first mile, um, you said to not go as hard as you can. And then on the second mile, you go just a tiny bit faster. And then on the third mile, you go full out or just... Um, harder than the second mile, Dad. Uh, you go full out. Okay, full out. And then when you see the finish line, you try to kill yourself. Okay. That sounds great. I don't want to kill myself, though. And then uh, we're going to celebrate, and then we're going to hang around and uh, monitor Mommy's progress, right? Right. So uh, Emily is a type 1 diabetic. So we're going to have to supervise and make sure she's good. We're going to supervise. Supervise. Daddy's not going to be eating food when I'm finishing? 
I have a sandwich made. Like, uh, oh, I didn't think y'all would be in that quick. Like at the diabetes run when uh, ride when Kai and I came in and you were nowhere to be found and you were just got a plate of food. You're not gonna be doing that. Women never remember things. <laughs> not at all. <laughs> if you are eating and you are not at the finish line, you're gonna be in big trouble. laughing but I mean, I'm being serious. <laughs> it's so funny you you do have to tell me that <laughs> oh my god that was a charity ride babe and I was starving Kai rode with me 22 miles Kai rode with me and we were not in that far behind you so anyway you better be <laughs> so anyway not a big deal <laughs> okay right I Kai? thought you pump your own gas baby I do you can still cheer for your wife at the finish line, not eating food. So no cheering with my mouth full? Is that kind of a middle ground that we can... I can be eating, but just at the finish line? Okay, Emily's looking at her phone. I'm what? trying to get it in the holder that's all messed up because it's so old. Okay, Okay, and now she's hitting me and telling me to get the microphone out of her face. I've got a Ziploc that you can put that I in. I have one too, okay. but I was wanting to have this on my arm instead of... And now it won't fit in the case? Did it used to fit in the case? Well, mostly. All right. Love you, baby. Good luck. Okay, thanks, babe. I love you, too. I love you, too. Okay. I love everybody in this car. All right. I'm in the vehicle, the Zentri Mobile Studios, with our two top racers, Zentri Nurse. Kai, I didn't interview you after your race yet, did I? No, you did not, Sonny. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Kai, Kai said some really sweet things after the race. He said, I listened to you, Daddy. I did what you said, and it worked. Right, Kai? What place did you get, Kai? Second. Second in age group. He ran a 5K in 23 and a half minutes. Just smoking. Which is why we're going to Target now to buy a huge Lego set. I told him if he broke 25 minutes, we'd get him a Lego set. A huge Lego set. Yeah, well, we'll see. But I was like, that's a good... That's a good Based on what I know, I've seen Kai do before. I was like, eh. so that's a seven. He ended up running a seven and a half. Yeah, because 25 minutes, I was like, well, that's probably about a, an eight-minute mile. And I've seen Kai run about that or faster. Where it's work, though, you know. So he ran a seven and a half-minute mile for a 5K, and he beat the other fastest kid in his school. And who he played in soccer yesterday? Who he played in? Okay, so this is a thing you guys need to think about. Listeners out there need to think about this. The, on the podium of this race, and these kids are the future, right? These are potential top athletes, you know, as, for adults. Two out of the three played soccer. Mm-hmm. So Kai and this other kid that got third, second and third played soccer. There's a cop next to us. The popo. It's the popo. And then um, two out of the three are also on the triathlon team. On the kids' triathlon team. I can't see. It's a, it's like a little cop or a ranger. Oh. Anyway, so, so two out of three are runners or soccer players, which is a lot of running, and then two out of three are on the triathlon team, which is a lot of running. So it's pretty cool, huh, baby? Yeah, I couldn't believe it. I, I so, was. Very I was impressed. texting Emily Kai's results while she was racing. Why, why weren't you responding back, baby? Just was trying not to die. <laughs> so you ran 13.1, yes. and you did it in, you averaged I, a, a 10 and a half, I think? 
We think. I still don't. I think yeah. I did it in like two nineteen, but I'm yeah. sure, still not exactly sure. That's that's really good. So then, my best time was two fifteen, and for a little bit, I thought I might have PR'd, but then it was just, it was really hard because it was so cold and yeah. like misty, and I couldn't feel my feet or my hands. So tell those people up north that are dealing with <laughs> negative nineteen degrees and blizzard conditions. Are they out there running? Yeah, some of them are. Well, some of our friends. And then, uh, how cold it was. It's so terrible. Uh, it's like 30-something degrees out here. Like 40? I don't know. It's cold. They laugh. <laughs> they think we're such sissies. I know they do. Yeah, but we also work out when it's a billion freaking degrees outside. Over, I, get to Target, not I know. The I know. That's what I'm waiting to kind of see what happens over here. All right. So, um, I didn't even... Kai and I... Both Kai and I did not recognize you at the finish line, I, coming I in for the finish. You were wearing a turquoise. Maybe. And then, uh, no, I said me. But anyway, because what was going on towards the end, babe? Because at the end, like the last, like, mile or less, these three girls decided to pass me that I'd been in front of the entire time. And I was so like, because, what? Because you had been in front of them the entire, the entire, quote, quote, the entire time. They, you... They did not deserve. They to did not. For the they last needed half a mile. They of the needed to know their place and be behind you. So this is competitive. So I waited until we rounded the last corner, and then I took off and I beat everybody <laughs> that I was trying to pass. And so Brett and Connor. This were is like, what I live with at home, by the way. Is, y'all were like, "That didn't even look like you because you were going so fast." It did not. It looked normal when I looked at the video. It did not look like you though. What do I normally look like then? Red light. Not like. What are you saying? Not like somebody trying to escape a prison asylum and murder people. Okay. I don't know what you want me to say. Park, where are you going? I'm going to park right over. Okay. Mm-hmm. Anyway. So, it was a good good run. We, I'm glad it's over. That's all I could think of. <laughs> this will be over soon. This will be over soon. This will be over soon. No, it's not. So, did you see I, my messages now? No, I saw your messages. And we were tracking you on the Find My, find my Phone, iPhone I, app. The, the best thing was that y'all were actually at the finish line not getting food. <laughs> that was the we got lots thing. of food and we ate it in the car. <laughs> but then we went to... Of course you did. Then we went to Panera Bread. Yeah, and we saw one of my coworkers and his daughter that did it. Uh-huh. They, they, they were good. They probably, I think they broke two hours in. If, that, that, if he said they PR'd because their they're like best time is like 1.56 or something oh, like that. Um, <clears throat> so. The fastest 5K guy, Kai... If you want to win a 5K around here, was 18 minutes. Kai's on. Kai's playing a video game. No, 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 and then um, the fastest half marathon, I think, was an hour 20. Here? Yeah. On the mm. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, it's crazy. Wait, how fast was the 5K? 18 minutes. That's only five minutes. What? Um, I'm trying to remember his name. Uh, one of the Brownlee brothers, who's the fastest in triathlon right now. Ran a 5K the other day in 14 minutes. Mm. That's great. Yeah. He got third. <laughs> it was like a London something 5K change. All right. So, thanks for all the support, guys. It was nice. Yeah. Very proud of Kai. Thank, thank oh, you, Daddy, we went to for Panera Bread. crew. You, Daddy, you already said that. Oh, I did. Um, you're going to leave the keys in here with the uh, feet okay. on, So, Kai and I, we're going to go in and get him some Legos. Yeah. Motivation. Don't take forever. Can I get some Legos? No. Star Wars? One Kai, you and I, we could get Darth Vader's it's TIE Kai's Fighter. Choice, not you. Ooh, that look. That's nasty. It's Kai's choice. Why are you giving me such an ugly look? Because you're not getting a Lego set. <laughs> All right. All right. We'll be I'll back. Be here. Do you okay. Have your money?
I have money. All right, bye. Okay. All right, I think that's enough for a show. Let's go ahead and wrap it up. Uh, Rondy Rousey, Ronda Rousey, Ronda Rowdy Rousey had a big fight on um, uh, UFC fighting, you know, mixed martial arts the um, on Saturday night, and she beat the uh, other fighter in uh, 15, 14 seconds. <laughs> And she did it with her signature move. And I thought it was funny. I was doing a little bit of reading about it. And her mom was a judo instructor or whatever. And used to wake up her daughter by jumping on her bed and going, Always be ready! And then put her into an arm bar. <laughs> as just fun. A fun way to wake up somebody. And uh, sometimes I do that to Kai. I'm like, wake up! Oh my God! Like that. And, and uh, you know, to get them uh, moving and stuff like that. Just being silly. Not, not scary. And the... Um, the funny thing is, uh, this this environment that she grew up in, always being being ready to put her in, to uh, put somebody into an armbar to protect herself, is uh, ended up being her signature move as as an adult. So it goes back to that thing where I was talking about um, the the kids on the podium are all on teams and and uh, training and and uh, playing soccer and stuff like that. It's uh, being good at something doesn't happen by accident. It happens through uh, practice, which is pretty interesting. And through environment, you can make your, um, your abilities a whole lot better by putting yourself into a good training group, a nice, a nice uh, training environment. So hold on a second. I'm going through a school zone. I need to turn this off. All right, so I'm back. Uh, so basically, surround yourself with people that are already accomplishing or accomplish the goals that uh, you want to accomplish. And a lot of a lot of the issues take care of themselves and um, make sure to, to, um, I never would be a good swimmer if my parents didn't put me on a swim team <laughs> and, uh, uh, I'd probably be a terrible swimmer and that's, uh, just the environment that you, uh, that you grow up in and, um, uh, make things fun for kids. But you know, uh, you can create the environment that you, that leads to, um, improvement. I'm watching this intersection here. I, everybody just creeps up on each other so nobody can see, you know, past the other car. <laughs> Who's coming at the intersection? Um, let's see, I was talking to my mom last night because I was calling my dad because it's his birthday. And uh, I was telling her about Galveston. Galveston 70.3 is only like three weeks before um, Ironman Texas, which is really bad triathlon pr- planning. And uh, dang it. My mom, who's freaking smart, said, so uh, aren't you better at the... Uh, I said I may not do the Galveston race because of Ironman and uh, coming up just three weeks later. And she said, aren't you better at the um, at the half Ironman distance? Like a lot better? And I was like, uh, yeah. <laughs> she said, why don't you focus on that and then you know, reap the rewards, basically, of a great race doing that? And then um, let Ironman Texas, which is incredibly hard on the body and probably not a healthy thing to be doing in the first place, um, kind of be uh, an afterthought and not worry about it so much. And uh, I said, yeah, you know what? You're right. I should be like really working on the half Ironman and then uh, let Ironman Texas just kind of whatever happens, happens, you know. And she's right. So that's probably what I'll end up doing. I hate admitting. You hate admitting when your parents are right, you know. But often they are. And then, um, let's see. 
There's uh, oh uh, Amrita bars. I want to give a shout out to Amrita. You can get. I'm eating one actually right now. I'm avoiding eating it on the air so people don't vomit into their steering wheels. They um, really, really super, super healthy bars. I freaking love them. I'm eating a mango coconut one right now. It is so good. I drank a little bit too much coffee this morning, so I'm eating one to um, to uh, soothe the stomach and calm the nerves down a little bit. Oh, it's so good and really portable and healthy. And you can get 15% off. That's a ton. 15% off by using discount code Zentry when you order them online. And it helps the show because Amrita Bars is like, oh my God, Zentry is so cool. And they're really helping us out. Let's send them some free bars, which they do on rare occasion, which I really, really like. And let's see. I need to stop. Do I have time to stop? I do not have time to stop and get gas. We will not stop and get gas. We will break down on the highway and have to beg people for gas instead. I'll go gas later. And let's see. um, I'm taking a few days off training because I've gotten to the point where I'm seeing, uh, I've totally plateaued out in results and I'm not seeing any improvement and I'm tired and I'm actually not interested in training. And that's your first symptoms, symptoms of overtraining and time to take time off. Um, the crazy thing is it's actually really hard to do because once you get into the habit of training all the time, um, it's actually hard to stop that habit and to take a break. But you can actually develop a new habit, and your new habit is train until you don't feel like training anymore, and then take a break until you feel like not taking a break anymore, <laughs> and then you going back and training again. All habits are replaceable by other habits. It is not that big of a deal. The problem is believing that whatever you're doing is the, uh, is the only way or the way. Everything is just a point of view. And you only believe in it because your brain, you've wired, you've plowed a uh, path in your brain to believe in it. And then also um, Hornet Juice. I'd like to give a big shout out to Hornet Juice. Um, People are ordering it off my website, zentrathlon.com. And that's uh, super, super cool because Hornet Juice is some of the craziest stuff on the planet. And it really, really works. It's an amino acid mix, so it's a little bit of protein that you add to your fuel mix, your carb mix for working out, and it turns on your body's ability to burn fat. It enhances it and a lot, and it makes you just have incredible workouts. It's so cool, and one packet just lasts, just one packet lasts an hour and a half, so you can actually get a lot of working out in with just one packet. And um, you can go to zentrathlon.com and on the right side, there's a link to Hornet Juice and buy like four packets or 10 packets, 20 packets. And then I get an email that you ordered it. And then between workouts, (laughs) between meetings at work, (laughs) I'll send you some. And and a lot of times I send you an email like, hey, what's up? Where you you live? Person where you live? And uh, it's really cool. And I get a tiny bit off the top of each order that comes back to uh, Zentri. And then I use it to register for races and stuff like that. When I was talking to my mom about uh, Galveston, she was like, I don't want to stay at a Super 8. I'm old. I want to stay at a nicer place. I've earned better than Super 8. 
and I said, okay, well, let me uh, see prices. She goes, how much are you paying for Super 8? Maybe I can pitch in and we can get a nicer place. And I said, I looked it up. After taxes, it's like $230 or $215 for one night at the Super 8. And she about flipped her lid. She was like, what? That's crazy. And I said, well, it is Galveston, which is beachy in the spring, uh, late spring, um, real close to the seawall on a race weekend. And so they've uh, jacked up the prices. And uh, she said, oh, my God, that's ridiculous. And it is ridiculous. The sport is just crazy expensive. And um, ordering Hornet juice... uh, helps sends a little bit of money towards Zentri. It goes right into the coffer that gets turned right around and spent on race entries. And I don't even do that many races. Race entries and um and hotel and and uh triathlon expenses. So if you get Hornet juice you actually are helping yourself and helping the the show that you enjoy so much at the same time. It's actually a win win and I love stuff like that. Super cool. And the other thing is Hornet Juice is synthetic Japanese killer hornet saliva. <laughs> I love saying that. It is true. Google it. Look it up. It is crazy what the stuff actually is. And what's even crazier is that it works. It's nuts, man. It is so hel- funny, hilarious that this stuff actually works. And you could brag to your uh, buddies while you're running or biking next to each other. And what's in your fuel? Oh, uh... This uh, Japanese killer hornet spit. And they're like, what? Like, yeah, swear to God, it works. Later, as you take off pedaling away, and uh, I, I, I came up with the catchphrase, sting the competition, which is uh, pretty cool. They can use that. Y'all go ahead and use that. All right, that's it for this episode. Everybody stay safe out there. I'm always working on new interviews with people and uh, trying to uh, bring you more entertainment, and it's a lot of fun. So uh, don't train too hard. Have a lot of fun. Stay safe out there. Work the uphills, cruise the downhills, and keep the rubber side down. Out.